Hi, it's me, Viv Yao, and welcome back to another episode of But Where Are You From? Ooh, that was just lovely, wasn't it? I was so happy to have Nick as a guest on today's podcast. As someone who is learning about intersectionality, I feel like I've just got such a knowledge gap for experiences that I haven't gone through. And just how important it was to try and represent all aspects of people who are marginalised. And in this episode, we don't only talk about gender fluidity, but Nick also talks about their experience as an Asian person who is gender fluid and how they navigate through this just in general life. It was great towards the end of the chat when Nick discussed what they really liked about being gender fluid and how their eyes really lit up when they discussed all the positives of being gender fluid. After our recording, we actually stayed on Zoom for another hour and Nick showed me their wardrobe, gave me some amazing fashion tips. Note to self, I do not suit horizontal stripes. I really hope you guys listen with an open heart and mind. I know you will. I learned a lot and it was such an honour for me to chat to Nick and hear what they had to say. We also have something that I've not announced yet on here. I started the Facebook group. So the Facebook group is Facebook forward slash group forward slash but where are you from, I think. Or it's like facebook.com forward slash group forward slash but where are you from. And so far there's like 50 of us in this little tiny group. And it's really great. And um, I'm going to be talking a lot more on there about stuff from the podcast. So it's going to be an extension of that. So if you want to join head to my Instagram and go to my bio where I've got a link tree thing and then you can click on the Facebook group and join it from there if you'd like. So I hope to see you there and I hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Thank you. So hi Nick, welcome to the podcast. I'm hi. so happy to have you on. Um, I was thinking about the topic of interse- intersectionality in terms of racism and for me, feminism. And mm-hmm. then I started to consider how much of a knowledge gap I have when it comes to wider intersectional topics with gender identification being a big one. Um, so we we know each other through friends of friends and we've connected over Instagram. You listened to the podcast and you got in touch and we, we've been messaging on Insta. Mm-hmm. And I know that you're a father and you've got a really cute baby, Errol. He's so cute. <laughs> he's probably not a baby anymore, though, is he? How old I is know, he? he's, he's um, what day is it? Gosh, he's like 20 months. Yeah. And he's, yeah, he's running around. He's full of beans, um, oh. literally and physically. <laughs> sometimes and yeah he is a handful but in in like a good way he's just full of life and yeah pretty much my life mostly revolves around that moment oh he's he's gorgeous and you identify with being gender fluid which is what we're going to talk about today uh, that's right yeah so well apart from that I know nothing more about you really (laughs) so today is really a good chance for us to just chat about you understand your story a bit more uh, and just kind of just hear hear what you have to say, really. Okay. So yeah. before we do this, though, mm-hmm. I host a segment on the podcast called "How Asian Are You?" Mm-hmm. I don't know whether you've listened to it at all. How Asian are you? Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> it's got its own little jingle and everything. Yeah. So. On the Facebook group, I have asked people for some questions. So these are from Rebecca and Stephanie, uh, these questions. So I'll go straight into it and ask you these questions and then you have to answer yes or no to these. Yep, hit me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Question number one. Is shouting across the room really the only method of communication <laughs> when you're Asian? Yes. Um, I don't know what it is about Cantonese. <laughs> um, as my family are um, Malay Chinese mm. and yeah there's definitely a lot of shouting and <laughs> it, it, it's it seems by default to sound like there's an argument going on 
But even it can be like, that dinner was really nice. <laughs> yeah. It's almost certainly going to be food related. Of yeah, um, I know. Yeah, I think my wife might have commented on this before. It's like, are they arguing? It's like, no, <laughs> I don't think so. You know just chatting about, arguing. yeah, how nice the food is. My mum, yeah. just before I was setting up up here, and then she was just like, Sigfana, which means like, uh, like ready to eat kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But she shouts it so loudly, and I'm like, I can, literally, I can just hear you if you just say if dinner's ready. <laughs> <laughs> so you get one point for that. Oh, great. Um, are they <laughs> redeemable anywhere? I mean, not quite. I haven't got quite far. You've not got like a loyalty like... card. No, no, not a loyalty card. <laughs> a bubble tea at the end or something. Oh, that would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. Maybe I should do that. But then, like, you know, people can then cheat, so maybe not. Yeah. That's um, true. <laughs> Question number two, do you have loads of unnamed bags or packets of Chinese ingredients in any cupboard slash fridge and generally have no idea what they're for? Absolutely. Do you have them in your household now? Yeah, yeah, of course, because of course what happens is parents come to stay, they Mm. bring you bags and boxes of mysterious things, some of which (laughs) aren't labelled, and it's like, oh yeah, we made you this. And it's like, oh, brilliant, what is it? think it's a curry this one okay. <laughs> yeah if lost it and find out but yeah there's there's definitely um like packets of odd spice mm. mixes and we've, we've um, had a kitchen clear out fairly recently and there's yeah quite a lot of random odds and ends that i'm sure <laughs> would have been of use to someone but unfortunately um yeah <laughs> i feel like it's a shame because i don't know how to cook like chinese soup and you know like the really traditional stuff so I'm going to have to get my mum to teach me what to do with all this stuff that's in the cupboard. Otherwise, um, I feel like I'm going to lose that part of my heritage. Have you seen that um, YouTuber who cooks loads of like, um, she cooks like really traditional Chinese dishes? Oh. Um, I can't remember what she's called. Um, but yeah, she like lives on a farm in the middle of Oh my gosh, nowhere. I have, I have. Yeah. It. And it's really therapeutic. It's really like yes, it is. calming watching... Ca- yeah, and they can't capture the sound really well, and it looks oh, that looks so tranquil. She just cooks some nice food, eats it with her nan, and then <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. like watches the chickens. So. Yeah, my sister sent it to me. She was like, "Watch this! It's so relaxing." And she ma- manages to make like stuff out of wheat, like noodles, and then a hat, and then <laughs> uh, a lollipop, like really random stuff. Have you seen the bamboo furniture one? No. Did she make something out of bamboo? Yeah. Oh my it, god! It's that's next insane. level. Is it? So yeah. she must have some kind of production crew with her. Yeah, I think so. I don't, I don't think she does it on like her phone, sort of propped up. Or... No way, because it's so professional, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they really up the, the sound production. I don't know how. I know, like when she's walking through the forest, it's like mm. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon or something <laughs> in terms of like cinematography. Yeah. And yeah. I, I need to link that in the show notes because I think a lot of people will be interested in that. Two points then so far. Ooh. For both of us. Oh, that's pretty good. Not that it's a competition, but it kind of is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course it's going to be a competition. <laughs> the other one I saw posted yeah. was about doing the Asian squat. Yes, can you do the Asian squat? Yeah. You can? I can. Do- yeah. Um, and it's so weird when people can't. <laughs> like, um, believe it or not, looking at me, um, I used to do a bit of weight training. Yeah. And try to teach people how to squat and deadlift when you need to sort of have that um, like hip flexibility. Mm. My friends go, I'm like, how do you get down like that? And it's like, can you not? Are yeah. You just like, yeah, it's it's weird. Um, but yes, I can like do the squat. and. Yeah, love that. I can too. It's such a comfortable position. I know. My just... son can do it really, really well. Oh, and I'm like he? so proud. And I'm like, yes. Oh, can your wife do it? No. No. <laughs> no. It but is she, quite funny. Yeah. Like, asking white people to try try to do the squat, like the flat footed squat as well. Mm. And they just fall over. Like <laughs> most of them do anyway. Yeah. But then again, they can drink alcohol without going red. So Yeah, do you go red then when you drink? Yeah, really badly. It's, do you? Uh, do you, so do you not drink that much then or do you Um I do I've started drinking a bit in lockdown actually because mm. um because reasons and uh, yeah. so I'm trying to improve my tolerance but since having my son I sort of really didn't drink for a long time and then it's like yeah, I don't really miss it to be honest and yeah yeah I've never been a big drinker and yeah 
the bits that um thing that people assumed that assume that you're absolutely smashed on this like yeah mm. i've had a pint and then yeah. you're like all red sweating look like you've been punched in both eyes and... <laughs> question number three do you have random hotel slippers in a cupboard by the door for guests <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're not even hotels that we stayed at <laughs> it's, it's just like like when when your parents come and visit you get like mm. a random care package of mm. miscellaneous things and it's like yeah oh here's some spare toothbrushes oh, <laughs> well, yeah, I guess they tend to bring our own um, yeah yeah, but you have like um, hotel slippers that aren't even mm. like proper slippers. They've like got the cardboard soles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, they're the yeah. best. They're the best. <laughs> <laughs> they're like grade A. Question number four. <laughs> have you ever been embarrassed walking down the street with a relative who has an umbrella up with the sun beaming in the sky? <laughs> so like just using an umbrella whilst it's sunny. Well, unfortunately, like living in the East Midlands... <laughs> we don't get a huge amount of sun here yeah um, so no that's not occurred to me yet um because i've had an umbrella up because it's most likely to be raining right. that's true maybe that's more of an american thing yeah so. my mom does do that when actually to be fair i've done that i remember when i was in um china and it, most of the time it was overcast but then like some days when it was sunny and it was just unbearably sunny and humid anyway, I'd get the umbrella out. So I was probably one of those embarrassing yeah. relatives. Yeah, if you see if I'm um, somewhere in this sun, it's like, right, staying out in the sun for a bit. This is like my yeah. yearly dose of vitamin D. <laughs> get in me. <laughs> Question number five. Being the only child to turn up in uniform on non-uniform day in school because your parents couldn't read the letter. Oh, that's really sad. It makes me sad that. I don't know why. Uh, that's not happened to me as uh, no. I am mixed. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, my mum was, yeah, speaking English long before she had me and mm, sort of yeah. a, a good English speaker. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that one didn't happen. How, like how, how old are you, Nick, if you don't mind oh. asking? I am 38. 38. Ah, okay. Yeah. So so we're, we're, do you class yourself as a millennial then? Well, I think I'm kind of in like a weird micro generation between mm. X and millennial. Yeah. Like um, like people, my, like my sister's four years younger, had quite a different um, school experience mm. as when I was going through school. We didn't really have computers in the classroom. Mm. We had a computer in the school. And maybe like once a year, you're allowed to go on it. And <laughs> yeah, like all of my IT lessons at school were like how to open Netscape Navigator. I don't and, even know what that is. Oh God, you make me feel old now, <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, and um, things like I didn't have social media at university. Actually, we had, a, we had a computer room at university. So if you wanted to type up your essay, you had to go to the computer room and hope it was free. Oh my God, that must be so annoying. Oh, yeah, hugely annoying, especially if there was someone like dicking about an MSN messenger <laughs> yeah. sharing, sharing the latest, I don't know, Papa Roach tracks or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, um, yeah, I, I think um, we sort of um, had the best way I've seen it described is like having an analogue childhood and like a digital adulthood. Mm, yeah. And I, I certainly feel I'm not a digital native in the way that a lot of uh, people even like four or five years younger are. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I mean, to be honest, I feel like I'm now the generation that's beginning to be out of touch with digital stuff yep, because you've got social media, <laughs> like TikTok is a new thing. Twitch is something that's new. Lots of new yeah. things that I don't quite understand and having to learn rather than it just being like, oh, I get it. Yeah, I thought for ages, I thought TikTok was referring to the Kesha song. <laughs> and then I found out that Kesha song was like eight years old and then I just didn't know what to think and I just like <laughs> hid in a cupboard for two days oh no I don't know but to be honest I don't like the term millennial anyway because I, I remember speaking to a colleague once he he's about in his 40s and then we were talking about something and he went Ugh, I hate millennials and I was just like you realise that most millennials now are in their late 20s homeowners they're, they're not kind of like young kids who don't know what's going on. Like we're not no. that far away from you in your 40s. 
Like, yeah, is the weird, 10 years it? difference? Yeah, I don't like that term. Anyway, we're going to go straight into it. So first, oh, we didn't count all the points. So I got, I got, you got one, two, three, f- five. You got four out of five. Oh, that's pretty good. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, I, I'd say considering pass. Yeah, so um, I don't know. I wonder what reward I get <laughs> with the uh, Viv loyalty card. Let me think about it. How Asian are you, scheme? Some noodles. Some noodles. Some noodles. <laughs> what you want is you want one item that's looks amazing, but it's completely unobtainable because you need like eighty thousand points. Yeah, yeah. And then you get like, uh, so where are you from? Like bomber jacket. Oh my god, that would be so cool! Some merch. Oh, you should get one of those made. You should just oh. like walk around the streets with, or um, prance around your fancy apartment that I can see behind you. I would like to get were. some some like hoodies and t shirts that said "But where are you from?" on them. I think that'd be really cool. What happens if people take it literally and then go, "Oh yeah, I'm from," and then it's somewhere like Reading. <laughs> I'm from Warrington. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know where I'm from. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be the first question. So the first okay. question is, but where are you from? So um, I live in Nottingham, live and work in Nottingham. I have for oh, like 12 years now, which is weird. But um, as you might be able to tell from my accent, I'm a southerner. Um, <laughs> I was born in Hampshire, mm. grew up in Hampshire and Surrey. Yeah. So on like the bit where Hampshire... Surrey and Berkshire meet. It's a real melting pot of cultures. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've been yeah. up in Nottingham for 12 years. It feels like home up here now. I, mm. I like it here. It's mm. um, it's not a huge amount of like East Asian residents, but there's a lot of students. Mm. And what's your ethnicity then? So, so I'm half English, mm-hmm. um, I think. Um, I think there's <laughs> I think I think yeah there's I think there's a little bit of Irish in there mm. vaguely somewhere and then the other side is the interesting side which is I am half Malay Chinese on my mum's side amazing so do do you speak any Chinese sadly not um no, no my sister and I weren't taught because my mum wanted us to fit in and didn't want to exclude my dad Oh, that's so that's so interesting, isn't it? Because it, I think it, there's quite a common thread when it comes to mm. um, mixed Asians and, and that we they wanted to kind of assimilate white yeah. culture as much as they can do and adopt that. Um, and also, actually, similar to me as well in the sense that, like, I wanted to learn English. My parents were so keen for us to learn English that they even uh, got a Chinese teacher to come in to school to teach us English. Um, and that meant that I lost so much of kind of my first language, which was Chinese. Mm. Yeah, I've I always feel quite sad about that now. Um, mm. But it's only really in the past ten years, maybe, where I've been like, yeah, I, I wish mm. I'd had the chance to pick up another language. Mm. Particularly as I think it'd be so difficult to to start now. Mm. So, what do you do, Nick? Um, I'm a painter and decorator by trade. That explains why you haven't used Zoom. <laughs> Yeah, that explains why I haven't used Zoom I and possibly why I'm covered in paint. I don't think I am. I did have a shower earlier. Um, yeah, um, I haven't always been. I've been doing that for about five years. Um, I worked for the council before that. Um, cool. Uh, planning for disasters, believe it or not. Oh. Which, yeah, so I've been watching the coronavirus um, business very, uh, mm. very closely thinking, why have you done that? that's like the opposite of what you should be doing. Mm. So at what stage in your life did you start to think about your gender and what it means to you? Uh, probably, probably puberty, actually. So mm. around that 12, 13 sort of age. And then you start, mm. I think with me, it was like um, having a fairly nice sort of um, childhood and sort of, uh, middle school experience and then going into secondary and then everything starts changing and then it's like I don't think I fit in here mm. and then of course having like the being mixed race and the questions that raises with identity as well on top of that and never quite feeling like you fit in and you're always thinking why are people doing that that's really weird <laughs> um yeah like a lot of the sort of bravado you get around teenage boys just seemed really really silly and pointless and it's like why are you doing that 
<laughs> Why do you always want to hit everything? What's wrong with you? Um, yeah. And yeah, sort of, yeah, a lot of just trying to fit in and sort of, um, mm. you know, sort of hide that, mm. that side of yourself, which, um, you know, is like different. Yeah. And how did you navigate through that, especially in high school? Um, I, I guess I didn't really, you just sort of, I mean, there's so much going on that you just sort of bury it, really. Mm. And you just sort of, um, you just sort of, yeah, like get through it. And it's not that long a period of time, I guess. What is it, like four years or or so? And if you start questioning things at the beginning, by the end of the four years, you're sort of maybe thinking about things a bit more. Um, but, yeah, this was in the 90s, so mm. there was no, like, you can't, like, YouTube and... Mm see yeah. what some um, other people have to say about their yeah. experiences of course this this there wasn't yeah. social media so you couldn't really um start making sense of things until um you sort of had access to psychology textbooks in my case well i've, I've only really um been able to sort of use the label gender fluid i think in the past five years or so mm. maybe not even that maybe three years i get do get confused with time quite a lot um <laughs> at my age um <laughs> um but yeah like the lexicon just wasn't there when I was growing up and it's only in the past few years when people have been able to sort of connect and share experiences more and that you do sort of get more more phrases and more sort of the terminology to be able to express yourself which didn't exist mm. beforehand and when I heard the term gender fluid and started reading about people's experiences of it and what it meant to them it's like okay I mm. think I'm finally starting to mm. find a box that I can maybe fit into and in school then I get well I guess just growing up then were there any situations where I don't know for example ticking a box whether you're male or female for example how do you, does that kind of make you did it kind of make you question well how do you identify in that sense I think at that stage it was like such a, it's not something that I really sort of went into any great sort of headspace um, in at that time, purely because I almost didn't think of it as being that important an issue mm. because, um, it, yeah, it wasn't really talked about that time. It's like, um, yeah, I, I think just even the notion of being trans mm. um, at that time was like something that you might have read about in a newspaper article once or twice. but yeah. Yeah, um, and then, of course, you've got all the slurs like tranny mm. and that, and it's like, that's such like, um, has such shameful connotations attached to it mm. that you immediately think, oh dear, I don't want to be like that. And it causes mm. that amount of fear and shame that you just push it mm. to the side and it's you don't really get like the mental strength to sort of confront such things until you're a little bit older and a bit more sure of yourself. Yeah. The first time I really started thinking about gender identity was um, I did psychology at A level mm. and had access to psychology textbooks and started looking about sort of gender identity mm. and thinking, okay, I th but that was in a very binary sense. Right. In that case, it was like um, being like a woman born in a man's body or a man born in a woman's body. Yeah. Whilst with me, I've never felt like I that applied to me. Mm, mm. Um, that I was born into the wrong body. Mm. Um, it's kind of like, yeah, I like the body I'm in. It's just that all of the conventions about what I can and can't do don't make sense to me. Mm. A lot of the time, I make me quite unhappy sometimes. And mm, yeah, yeah. So um, it's it's been a real sort of journey and it's only really like accelerated in in the past five years or so when I've mm. been able to like connect and meet with other people and actually That's to have great. had had the um confidence and sort of guts to to start sort of expressing and exploring the mm. side of myself and yeah it, it's like um I found like in my journey in the past sort of five or six years it's mm. been going from like two-thirds of a person to a whole person yeah oh because there's like part of you that was just like yeah um locked outside the house or something <laughs> it's like so oh, i don't want to see you get in the shed 
yeah so, yeah it's it's slightly recent that they've been allowed back in the house so yeah that must be so nice to find your community that can identify with with you and and just being able to have that support network must be so important yeah absolutely um very much so and it sort of takes the narrative from I'm the only one who feels like this and knowing that there's other people mm. who are the same as you are um it's mm. really validating and I've got like a great support network of people like me um you've like met mostly on Instagram and we like oh, yeah yeah we have like group chats we help each other out and sort of support each other and mm. yeah and there's always the same questions like thinking of coming out and it's like how do I do this and it's like mm. yeah having like other people's experiences to sort of help each other is um mm. is important if if you don't mind me asking um, this isn't in, in the questions so you don't feel like you have to answer this but if you wouldn't mind sharing about your story in terms of how you came out I don't even know whether that's the right term because you know like when you think of like coming out it's almost mm. like you had something to hide in the first place yeah, so um, I'm not actually out to my family yet. I'm working okay. on it mm. um, after, yeah, after my parents made some somewhat disparaging, well, my mum made some somewhat disparaging remarks last year and that's oh. kind of set me back a bit. And yeah, mm. um, but mm. yeah, I need, I need to sort of uh, jump that hurdle fairly soon, I think. Um, yeah. And I think um, with my mum, She's the Chinese one. Mm. And I, I think there's much more of a traditional mindset. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, in Malaysia, I think um, even being homosexual is still, like, um, illegal. Mm. So, is it? It's still illegal? I think so, yeah. I believe so. Oh, my gosh. They, they had, um, I think one of the times I went over there, it was hilarious because they had published a guide on how to spot a homosexual. What and it the was some, fuck? And it was like, where's V-neck T-shirts? <laughs> where's tight trousers? And it was like, seriously? Oh, my gosh. So they'd have it a was, field day there with someone who's gender fluid. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it was so hilariously inept and mm. yet offensive and... Yeah, and I think one of the things on the list was has sex with men or has sex with <laughs> other men. And it was like, well, um, I mean, I'm well, fairly sure that's Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just, oh, dear. So, yeah, like... Um, how would you fan... spot that as well? Like, that's going to be having know. sex on the streets, like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, so um, sort of... Um, I've been gradually like testing the waters with LGBT with um, with my parents, and yeah, I had to explain to my mum that mm. the gay village isn't like a ghetto. It's not like a compound where you go in and then suddenly everything's covered in glitter. And <laughs> Sounds pretty good, to be honest. Though. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if you've have you ever been to an LGBT club, I have. Uh, I have a couple of times in London. Yeah. yeah. And compared to compared to like going to um, your local Oceana or mm, whatever, yeah. it's like oh yeah, this is so much better. <laughs> yeah, like it's a safer it's a, it's a safer experience much. I think as a woman. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's, I, and yeah, actually, um, when I've been able to do that, it's like oh yeah, I feel much more at home here. Mm. There's no um, I'm not being given weird looks by men mm. who look like they bought their entire wardrobe in Sports Direct. I don't even, I wouldn't even know how to even begin that conversation, especially with a Chinese woman, because I've, I've talked about on the podcast before, different, but in terms of racism and mm -hmm. other things, like, it, I think my parents have just adopted to certain views that are so hard to change. Yeah, to unpick. Yeah. So, yeah, I've, I've experienced a bit of that as well. And yeah, yeah it's it's difficult. So, um mm. <laughs> do you think do you think she'd even, she'd know what gender fluidity fluidity no. would be? No. No, to be honest, I'm still mm. working it out. Well, I'm still working out what I am. <laughs> it's uh mm. I mean, but but language is evolving every day and I think mm. it's it's kind of empowering to have the words to be able to sort of define yourself like mm. for me um 
gender fluidity is if you think of um are you familiar with the um old school computer game pong no <laughs> what what it's basically like table tennis and there's like a ball oh shit yeah the, of course yeah, yeah I, I can I'm, I'm imagining the visual yes yeah oh my god i'm I'm just going to come across as like the oldest person ever. It's like, <laughs> no, like, hey kids, cool. you heard about that new game called Pong? No, no, no I'm, um, I'm just not very cultured or cool with stuff like that. So it's not, it's not, <laughs> it's not you, it's me. <laughs> Go on. You know, yeah, Pong. anyway. It, mm. Yeah, so if you imagine that um, each side of the court is male and female, right. I'm basically like the ball. Ah, like, okay, yeah. I Somewhere in the middle and it moves quite a lot. All yeah, right. so um, some days I feel more male, mm. some days I feel more female. Mm. Um, of course, what is male, what is female? Is gender just a societal construct? Mm. Mm. All of this plays in, and yeah. It's, do, what um, do you think? Do you, do you think it is a social construct? Yeah, I think a lot of it is. I think a lot mm. of it is. Um, I mean, some of it's just, like, stupid. Like, for instance, um, my son's primary carer, quite a lot of the time mm. I'm like taking him to like his little dance classes mm. and and yeah a lot of the times I'm like one of maybe two dads there because mm. it's still almost like ex- expected that um like the woman would take that sort of caring role yeah yeah I've got friends who work in like sectors like engineering mm. or biochemistry where mm. they just have to seem to have to do so much more to be taken seriously mm. And in the music industry as well. Mm. Yeah. And just because they're female, they seem to have to work twice as hard because, like, gender roles expect them to to behave differently. And Mm. there's, like, double standards, like a man being, like, assertive, like a woman will be called bossy for the same behaviour. Yeah. And it's just all sorts of things like that, um, which make me think, yeah, a lot of this is nonsense really yeah no i i really agree with that i mean even from a young age we're told to girls are told to play with dolls boys mm. are told to play with lego building stuff mm. and like um like fights and and you know can get away with that because boys will be boys but girls yeah, you have exactly. to be prim and proper and uh not have a hair out of place and you can't be seen to be kind of like tomboy so to speak and yeah very it, much and mm. yeah and then the phrase is like throw like a girl or man up, which just mm, like reinforce mm. these rigid roles, and it's like all of those mm. sort of boxes. Just like it's mm. like, yeah, I I don't fit into those, yeah. and it makes it's quite unnatural and makes me quite unhappy. Yeah, if, if I have to do so, and um, so how do you navigate through that? Because I know, I know, I definitely, and I still do it now. Um, in terms of using genderized words, like the other day, I said, "Oh, he." This guy who was horrible, he was honestly on Facebook comments, just don't go there because it's an awful place. But I said to my friend, he's an absolute pussy. And then my friend was like, don't say that because it's derogatory towards women. But then we we can say, oh, uh, you have the balls to do that. And that lifts up men in Mm -hmm. a sense. So why is it like the the word pussy? Sorry, that's such a horrible term. But is derogatory. But the term having the balls is, you know... Yeah, it's like this idea that anything that um, if you're male to have like a feminine um, adjective applied to you is like is like dragging you down, mm. and it's like this idea that anything feminine is weaker. Hence, mm. yeah, and yes, I sort of have a, a real problem with that as a person with quite a strong feminine side that mm. I had to suppress for so long. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know, and it's like that's a strength. I absolutely believe it's a strength. It and yeah, cutting that out means I'd lose so much. And it's like mm. I, I don't know. I just feel sorry for people, for like some men who are yeah. sort of made to feel like they can't express anything for worry of being feminine. Mm. Yeah, that that is such an issue in our society, mm. isn't it? Is men feeling like they have to be macho and bravado mm. because society tells them to, and and. I think even in, like, I've probably put expectations on my ex-boyfriends in the past, thinking back now, when I've seen them be upset or something, I might have been as ignorant to say man up in the past. And I think that's really mm. very, very ignorant 
a very mm. ignorant thing to say. But it's all ingrained and it's yeah. it's 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 not conscious a lot of the time. Mm. And, I, and I think that's sort of one thing I try to be wary of is like when someone says something is often it's not coming from a place of um not coming from a place of like wanting to be offensive. Mm. Mm. Um but yeah, sometimes just a uh, little a little prod saying actually. Yeah. Is that, is that a good word to be using? Um, yeah <laughs> actually <laughs> so in terms of when someone says that do, would you would you call them out on it if they do use genderized terms to you um or... it depends on the context right depends on the context i think i can remember yeah. once um so i'm a um a tradesman mm. and occasionally end up working on like sites mm. and this was before i had my son and um someone was talking about their experience of nct classes and was saying oh, i hate it it's all so touchy feely there was like one exercise where um we had to imagine how a newborn baby would be felt would it be cold and it was like it was like oh and it was like come on you're being asked to show a bit of empathy mm. for your own newborn child mm. that bar is so low Come yeah. on, yeah. It's like, I mean, what what hope have you got if you can't even like you know express a bit of empathy for your own mm. flesh and blood? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then for the rest of the day, I had to worry about getting jip rock in my tea. Getting what? Jip rock. It's like um <laughs> something they you make plaster with. Yeah, and stuff like that. And mm. yeah, I think I'm I called them out and using the word gay as a derogatory term as well and, how yeah did, how did they take that uh yeah it's like just a few they well, raised eyebrows if they could no it's it's i'm shaking my head as well because not just of him but because i remember growing up using that term thinking it was okay. yeah same same yeah. and it wasn't until i got called out on it mm. that was you know start thinking actually no mm. that's that's not right is it it's no yeah, and it's so there is like a lot of habit to unpick and certainly yeah. thinking about gender is so difficult and yeah. think about identities that exist outside of our gender binary mm. um, is, yeah, very difficult to explain, especially to people who have no experience of that themselves, which is, which is most people. Mm. Pragmatically, how does it work when it comes to you expressing yourself then? So I know um, you on social media, I know you've got two different accounts yeah um yeah carry on yeah yeah. so because i'm not like fully out i kind of have two Mm. accounts i have like my main Mm. sort of i call it boy mode (laughs) and then a separate one for girl mode (laughs) yeah Mm. um because uh my presentation usually is either one or the other Mm. um though it's changing recently actually i started to be a bit more androgynous it's been quite good in lockdown actually just sort of having a because time slowed down a bit, just have mm. a bit more headspace to think. Yeah, it tends to manifest that. To be honest, most of the time I'm quite happy presenting male because mm. in terms of how I act, I can be I can be myself really because of the people I surround myself with. Mm. It's like I don't have to worry about being able to, you know, like be caring or empathetic or expressing mm. Um, like an interest in fashion, which seems absolutely ludicrous. Thinking about it, mm. it's like being well dressed. <laughs> um, it's it's been a journey, but I think even just being able to like acknowledge myself mm. and having that support group is is so important in getting to the point where I am, you know, like happy and mm. feeling um, like a whole person. Mm. So do you, do you remember the first time you went out in public dressed as yeah. a woman and how it made you feel? Yeah, um, I'm tr- genuinely trying to remember the first time because it feels like a while ago now, but mm. um, I think it was to a support group, actually. Mm. Um, there's, there was one in Nottingham. Mm. And, yeah, sort of meeting other people, even though I was probably the youngest one there, was even though I don't think I had a huge amount in common. Yeah. Um, with a lot of people there, um, just being able to be like, okay, I'm not alone. Mm. There's there's people here I can have a conversation about sort of what it means. Mm. And the more people I talk to sort of across the trans spectrum, the easier it's been to find mm. where I sit. Like um, 
attended um, like a, a trans support group, which is for everyone under that umbrella. So there's like non-binary people, mm. trans people, yeah. fluid people, um, and yeah, anyone across that sort of mm. anyone in that ballpark really yeah and just being able to hear other people's stories and you realize yeah everyone's actually a slight there's got different stories they're slightly different and it's like mm. no like one way or correct way to be yeah to be a certain way and that's quite freeing yeah to have that have you encountered many ethnic minorities that identify as being either trans non-binary or fluid at all yeah 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 um yes yeah i have actually yeah mm. um i mean nottingham's fairly diverse as a city so mm. yeah within that group there certainly is there's um there's actually a few more um half chinese people really yeah which is a uh, really nice actually so we yeah. can talk both about um being mixed asian mm. and um yeah and being fluid do you think that mm. adds another layer to your identity in terms of being gender fluid the fact that you're also mixed asian as well yeah definitely yeah mm. there's um like um there's the thought of like in in like the UK, people see me as being Asian or just different. Um, <laughs> I've literally literally been asked, "So what are you?" <laughs> That's so rude. I know it's a bit dehumanising, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Then over in um, Asia, it's like they see me as Western. Mm. So there's this thing of not really fitting in anywhere. It's a bit like that with gender sometimes. Mm. Yes, yes, I can see the parallels in terms of yeah. just not being able to be like, all right, I check this box and that's it. But then it's like, who's to say you have to t- check any box at all? Exactly. Yeah. Thinking outside the box. Thinking is... outside the box, yeah. Yeah, um, and you know, I've, I've got a, a fair amount of privilege myself being in, coming from like a stable family, mm. um, having a fairly nice upbringing, having a supportive extended family having a supportive partner mm. um which some people don't have mm. and but um but yeah there's um i've forgotten the question now <laughs> Went off on a tangent. Some, something about being asian and how it played a part in your identity i think yeah so so yeah i, I certainly think it has has played a yeah. part and um as well as like um the chinese side being a lot more traditional mm. yeah um, has added a layer of it as well. Have you ever encountered any racism at all growing up then? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, got called, um, you mentioned the word chink in the last, mm. yeah, had that shouted at me. Mm. I remember um, when we used to play football mm. and I used to get that, um, that there. Um, and, yeah, there was one incident actually after... Uh, the seven seven bombings when security was really high. Yeah. Um, and um, I was working in Reading at the time, and getting off the train and having an armed guard stop me out of all the people on the. Mm. I think it's sort of like pointing a gun in your direction and saying, oh "Where are you from?" Yeah. And it was like um, I got on the black water, mm. and then realizing it was yeah because I look different yeah yeah and yeah it's it's a bit um yeah a bit unnerving i think that's probably one of the more extreme ones and mm. and uh yeah and then and then like in dating there's all the things about asian men um yeah. not being of particularly high market value though <laughs> i think again i think i've got a bit of privilege in maybe looking a bit mm. white and like, mm. a, and yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it was the, probably the worst at school, worst at school in the eighties when yeah. it was a bit more normalised then. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I, I'd like to think it's gotten better, but I just feel like people can't get away with it, and that's why it's not. It's got a bit better. If you see what I mean? So, mm. like, they know that they're not meant to say those things, but they they do it in a more covert way now i feel like mm. i'm i don't know whether that's just me being cynical but um, no I, I think i think i'm more vigilant about it now yeah mm. much more vigilant like um like the subtle ways like um that bbc article where mm. they chose to illustrate it with an east asian woman mm. 
out of all the people and it's like it's Leicester. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, why are you choosing to do this? And I've seen the mm. same sort of thing used on a couple of American sites as well. Mm. And yeah, it's that sort of like low key stuff yeah. that's can be a bit hard to stamp out. Just low key racism. But yeah, I do it's one of those things where I think even just a few years ago. I would have accepted it as the norm. I, I think I've been conditioned to make to for it to feel so normalized mm. that I wouldn't have really said anything or ha- had any kind of confidence to be like, no, that's wrong. Mm. But I think because we have had a surgence of racism towards East Asian people recently, yeah. we've seen more people like us speaking out about it and actually mm. doing something about it. And it's it's giving people more it's giving us more of a voice to actually call it out and know that yeah. you've got the solidarity of people behind you to be like, yeah, actually that's so wrong. Mm, Where, yeah. Because I it was I was speaking to my friend who's white this week and she was saying, Yeah, we haven't really spoken about race before. And I'm like, Yeah, that's true. I've never really it's something that I never really talked about, but it's not to say that it, it didn't happen. But it's just because I'm more vocal about it now because I feel like I've got the agency to now. Whereas I, I felt like a few years ago I didn't have the confidence to be like, mm, you can't say those those things to me that aren't very nice. Whether that was in the workplace or friends even making jokes. Um, so I do think like the more people that call it out, the more that hopefully we stamp it out and we've got such a long way to go though i've had such a journey with this myself in terms of yeah my, my feelings towards racism yeah it's exhausting mm. sometimes uh, mm. sort of when you like see another sort of example of an asian people being abused in a video doing the rounds on twitter and it, yeah <sighs> yeah it's, it's just, triggering it's so triggering yeah. so yeah so how do you think that, uh, I mean, in terms of represent- representation in the media for East Asians, it's rubbish anyway. In mm-hmm. terms of gender fluid people, how do you think they're represented in the media at the moment? Do you see much? No, I, th- mm. I think we're, I think we're invisible, really. Um, mm. Like you're getting a few more non-binary personalities. Um, I think I'm trying to think of people who have come out sort of in that. Um, I think Miley Cyrus, um Really? Might have um, yeah. yeah mentioned being gender fluid. Oh, um, okay. I I did ask um I asked my crew earlier. It's <laughs> like so who has come out as gender fluid and there wasn't that many examples. Um, right. As as a th- I still think it's a fairly new concept. Mm. Even though even if people have been feeling this way for probably centuries, mm. um yeah having the language to describe it is is a recent thing. Mm. But um. Yeah, there's there's like people across the spectrum that I'm I can read sort of um, their thoughts on it and think, oh yeah, I feel a bit like that. Like mm. um, Eddie Izzard, mm. um in his his biography, there's a lot of bits about he describes as having a strong boy side, and it's like yeah, but also like a feminine side. It's like yeah, I completely mm. identify with that. That I've got quite a, a strong masculine side mm. in sort of a traditional sense, like I like sports and I like DIY and mm. um, occasionally like shouting at things and, <laughs> <laughs> and loud music and hitting things with hammers. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, also, also having a feminine inside to balance that out. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's, um, I just sort of hope that we sort of get to a point where when someone says that there's not this immediate sort of, wall of people saying i don't know what that is therefore it must be made up and i know best because i am because i am george o <laughs> brexit 492874 <laughs> yeah. with an egg as my picture oh god they're the worst when we have an egg as a picture and first name list of numbers i think they're bots probably or but like, how? Why? Why have they made these bots um, like just so, just so bigoted? Like, why can't they be? Why can't they be nice bots who know, are inclusive? <laughs> they're like nice to people, lift them up rather than just yeah. being twatty. It's, yeah, uh... I know. Twitter is a scary place for that. Twitter and Facebook. I feel like it's when all, they all creep out, and they feel like they have some form of agency over 
how other people identify or represent themselves as. Yeah, completely. It's like cough. J.K. Rowling. Oh yeah, I know. Do you know? I was thinking about this earlier. It's mm. it's it's so disappointing in so many ways because I think mm. a lot of people. Did you were you a fan of the Harry Potter books? Yeah, I, I grew mm. up. Well, kind of grew up. I mean, I was probably about fifty when I started reading. Whatever. I'm mm. trying to continue my being old narrative. <laughs> um, no, I, no, I sort of yeah grew up with them, yeah. and I don't know. I thought she was seemed like a fairly nice person for a long time, yeah. and then mm. yeah, she's going full Linehan, it seems. It's like, of all the times that you choose to talk about this, like, why why are you doing this now? Yeah. Like, what and... what benefit is it bringing to you? You are not a scientist. You are not someone who has identified... Yeah, you identify as a woman, so what, what place do you have to talk about this at all? You write okay. children's books. Yeah, and it's like, why are you trying to say your experience should override that of mm. a thousand sort of trans people who have actually mm. you know lived the experience and from like my trans friends it's an mm. incredibly painful mm. ex- and expensive and dehumanizing experience of the time it's like why would you put yourself through that unless you absolutely yeah you know need yeah. to for like because without doing that you're not yourself and mm. yeah it's it's just so disappointing and um yeah, just like really hurtful as well to like mm. have someone with a large platform who is punching down and trying to like invalidate people's yeah. identities. It's yeah. Because people, it, the scary thing is people do listen to her. Yeah, they do. They have such mm. an emotional connection to her that whatever she says goes. So when I first started seeing her tweets, I was like, what is this? And I had to look into it myself. Mm. And then I was just like, wait a second. She's not on the right side here. Like mm. she's not on the side of inclusivity as much as she's, you know, saying she is because she keeps saying like, you know, she, she loves trans people, but then coming back with a rhetoric that is completely conflicting in that it's, it was confusing me. I was just like, wait a second, wait, I, I'm trying to figure out what side do you stand on? And, and yeah, unfortunately it's not the right side. Yeah. It's, mm. um, do you, um, no, Graham Linehan, of formerly of Father Ted and IT crowd fame. Glinner, he was known as. Oh, my God, I have to Google him. Glinner. Yeah, but, um, yeah, he well, seemed like a nice mm. sort of chap. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm. Um, wrote sort of like some really good comedy. And then mm. I think one of his episodes had something which was a little bit transphobic, um, but not intentionally sort of going out to sort of dehumanise trans people, but that it sort of mm. um, started out from that. And, yeah, he just got more and more, like, anti-trans people until it, it basically consumed him and, like, he seemed to... I think he lost his friends and family over it. And wow. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. I, f- I feel quite sad that no one said, look, this mm. is what you're doing. And yeah. like how you can look at some of the people that are aligned with your movements. Mm. Like um, there's a lot of, um, well, they, they claim to be like LGB groups that want to kick the tea out. And um, some people have done some, like, research into where their funding com- comes from and mm. it's, like, right-wing sort of uh, evangelical Christian groups from the States who are funding them. And wow. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you um, yeah. some of the stuff. That's that. so interesting that within the LGBTQ plus group, there are people who, within that group, are denying the experiences of others. In a group that's already marginalised. Well, the weird thing is, it's like all of the um, LGBT plus people I know are like Mm. completely supportive of one another because we've we've lived through that. We've sort of been through all of those doubts and Mm. all of those questions about identity and feeling feeling lost and Mm. trying to work out how you fit in and. Mm. Yeah, so there's like almost an inbuilt sort of 
um, necessity to sort of try and understand others. And, yeah, mm. it's, yeah, I think it may be a bit generational as well. It's in, but, yeah. um, certainly sort of all of my friendship group and um, mm. people around me are, like, very sort of supportive. And, mm. Yeah, that's that's good to hear. So, I mean, in terms of the challenges that you've come across, I know you've, you've talked about, we've talked about this already, but did you have any mm. specific... I don't know whether that's with work, your personal life. Are there any specific challenges that you feel like you've come across as identifying as gender fluid? Or even flipping that, what things have you discovered that you love about being gender fluid? I think we need to talk about that because I think it's really important that, like, this is we're celebrating being gender fluid and not just kind of like the trials and tribulations. Oh my God. It's (laughs) it's so exhausting. No, it's um, no, it is uh, a huge benefit. It's mm. um, so um, in the past, gosh, uh, when did I start? Probably like September. So yeah, so like last year, um, my parents, or rather, my mum made some quite disparaging comments after mm. something um, about men who are feminine. And mm. it was really, really close to the bone. I, mm. She didn't know, but yeah, afterwards it was, that took me a long time to sort of deal with. And it was like, there's a side of me they don't, she doesn't know. Mm. And I don't know, there's a lot of worried about being mm. like rejected and like, would they still love me if, if yeah. they knew? And yeah, sort of um, been having counselling after that. Mm. But that's put me on a path to like, accepting that side of myself and being mm. sort of proud of who I am and in that time of you know being mm. a little bit more forceful about who yeah. I am it's like no I sh- shouldn't be mm. denying this and yeah I found it really mm. helpful to be able to pass on my experiences to other people mm. like me for example um things like just go and get foundation matched don't don't try checking because if you get it wrong you'll look silly um (laughs) yeah and um yeah i find that really rewarding actually being able Mm. to particularly talking about mental health actually and sort of the things Mm. i've done enable being able to sort of accept myself um, amazing and and not lock it away so yeah um like positives um i i don't know i I find it really freeing Mm to be able to accept it and like Sundays I will like wear paint splattered overalls and my hair's a mess and other times I'll get a chance to glam up Mm. wear a really nice dress do my makeup Mm. and yeah look like um a woman that kills rich men for money (laughs) the aesthetic I want that look that's that's what I'm aiming towards really (laughs) um like yeah, like you've seen my um mm. my girl mode insta. Yeah. Your makeup looks amazing. Where did you learn how to do makeup then? Um so one of my best friends is a makeup artist. Oh my god, that, that is jammy. <laughs> that is jammy. Yeah. Um uh yeah, and she's kind of like my drag buddy. I love that. <laughs> so um yeah, we um I started experimenting. My wife sort of helped me with the mm. basics at the beginning, but there's no real substitution for practicing on your own face mm. and finding out what works and what doesn't work. And mm. things like doing a winged eyeliner is just like <laughs> finding a product that works for yourself. Oh my god! And yeah. it's in muscle memory, and then you can do it. Um, there's a lot of similarities between um, between decorating and mm. makeup. Actually, it's like choosing the right brush. Yeah. Find Priming your surface, filling in the, <laughs> filling in the cracks with polyfiller, sanding <laughs> off the excess, yeah, concealing oh any blemishes. Yeah, there really is actually. Yeah. So that must lend itself quite well then to you. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing how to put that's so funny. It's a great um, creative outlet as well. Like I mm. mean, being able to um, sort of explore women's fashion mm. compared to men's, it's like going from painting in black and white to painting in colour. Mm. Mm. It's like there's just so many more options. And, are, yeah, yeah. I, I think on a lot of occasions when um, your appearance is, like, 
sort of very important. I, I feel much more comfortable in like girl mode mm. as I, I find that side of me gets expressed much better that way. Mm. I saw the amazing photo that you posted on Twitter where you wore this incredible emerald green dress. Oh yeah. Was it for what was it for an art so gallery the, or something? Yeah, yeah. So um there was a Valentine's ball at um uh Nottingham Contemporary earlier yeah. this year. The sort of um went with a friend as like it's like this will be fun. Yeah. Also, uh, yeah, I get to wear a good dress and yeah, yeah it's that was really a really wonderful experience actually, mm. as it wasn't like a specific LGBT event. Mm. So being able to um, sort of rock up um, in like an emerald mermaid gown and people being like, oh my God, you look amazing. Or yeah. Where did you get your dress from? And just like feeling yeah. accepted, but not just accepted, but like celebrated was like, mm. a, that was like a real sort of, um, a real like boost that time. And yeah, that was really wonderful. And just being treated like... Mm any other person yeah that's that's um, amazing that must be such an incredible feeling yeah it's really empowering mm. it's really empowering for um someone like myself who had like hidden that side of me and mm. who'd always had that desire mm. um and then not being able to like act on it mm. and like um I never went to any proms when I was younger because oh. I, I knew that I probably would have been quite unhappy just like wearing a dark coloured suit when Mm. really I I want to look like a peacock. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, you know, like be able to express like an elegant and glamorous side, which I think you don't really get the opportunity to as a male. Yeah, it's not quite the same. I just, I really hope that one day we, I see in like prom pictures, just like people dress in all sorts yeah, like, I think we're slowly getting there. I hope so. But, but yeah, like, um, yeah, the first time I went out to, like, a fancy event, mm. um, like, wearing a ball gown and, had, like, really nice hair and makeup and nice. just feeling was, yeah, it was almost like a weight lifting. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, you, you sort of got over or getting mm. over sort of that feeling that you missed out because when you were yeah. younger you weren't able to sort of accept yourself yeah, yeah. so yeah there's, there is there is quite a lot of that but um I love that. but yeah it's yeah it's really empowering and then like I'll get like a buzz for a few days because and then mm. it, and then you just find it lasts and mm. I've got to the stage now where like the happiness sort of seeps through oh yeah so there's like a constant sort of thing which picks you up a bit and yeah and yeah, um, sort of with the way I'm going to sort of try and frame it with family is that mm. my mental health have been bad for so long. Yeah. Mm. Since since my teens have sort of had depression and anxiety mm. going on and off in mm. in bouts. And sometimes it will go away for a bit before it will come back. But in the past few months it really feels like I'm getting down to the reasons yeah. why that was there and yeah it's starting to lift and we're getting control of it yeah oh I love so, that that's so that's so great for me to be my proper self I need to I need to be acknowledging yeah. sort of my fluidity and mm. that I have two sides and they might not make sense to a lot of people and it's difficult to explain even for myself but mm. Yeah, when I do, then it's, you know, I'm like happy, I'm productive and I'm an all-round better person and I'm like a better dad, mm, I yeah. think, because I'm not doubting myself or worried about what other people will mm. think. And, yeah. That's great. And I really hope that y- your parents do see the that your mental health has improved because ultimately mm. as a parent, all you want are, is your children to be happy, aside from everything else, even if you disagree on so many things, they just want to see mm. you be happy and you know, I really hope that they do see that because it's it's so nice to hear that you feel that way. Um, yeah, I hope so. Mm. I hope so. So what 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 can we do? We'll wrap it up soon. So what 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 can we do to support gender fluid people? Are there any resources that you can direct anyone to? There's really really few actually. If I'm honest, um, I had to I had to look around. And it's um, there isn't like a hub for information, and I think the most you can do is be kind and sort of listen to sort of other people's experiences and Mm. how they feel about the world around them and 
yeah, we're like real people. We're not monsters. We're not. <laughs> we're not going to sneak into your bathrooms and stuff like that, which is <laughs> bizarre. Apparently, you're statistically more what? likely to be assaulted by a member of girls allowed in the toilets than you are by a trans person. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not. No, but I, thought I mean, that, there is. I thought it was a great soundbite. But, um, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> I love that. Well, um, I, I will link whatever I can find. I've, I've looked at some stuff in my own time anyway and researched quite a few articles to do with gender fluidity, so I'll put those in the show notes. Um, and there's also a charity, I think, for trans and gender fluid people, which I'll also pop in there for young people. Um, so I'll pop that in there as well. So, yeah, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but thank you so much because it's been so... No, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been great learning about learning about your life, first of all, and also just hearing your story and just just hearing, like, towards the end, just how happy it makes you. And that's, yeah, that's it's, really cool. I am hoping to have a gender reveal party at some point. Oh, my gosh. Where, oh. uh, where I get to jump out of a box or something. I don't know. Yeah. I thought it would be like reclaiming. Oh, like, yeah. It's got to be, it's, you've got to go, go all out for it. Oh, of course I am. <laughs> oh, I mean, it would yeah. be disappointing if you jump out of a box and you're just like wearing a hoodie. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Oh. Here you go. It's me. <laughs> it's me. Surprise. Here's a PowerPoint. Um, <laughs> oh. No, no. No, you should come. Oh, yeah, definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you so much, Nick. <laughs>